Welcome to Oops All Monsters, yet again, a deadly, unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me when I can get him to turn off his electrical murder anxiety is Gavin. And this weirdo with me is Hess. I didn't prepare any type of... Uh, oh, well. And we are we oh, are here well. to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, television, as well as gaming inside of the box and out of the console and beyond. Don't forget the beyond. So on a rotating basis, we uh, bring in a monster unknown to the other presenter at the beginning of the show present and discuss uh, for you the listener and the edification of the other host so um so Gavin this week um, what are we how do you want to um, what do you what do you have for us what are we looking at oh what a psychological bizarre thing to explore <laughs> I have um first of all it's a fallout thing oh all right so falling out, should know I that. think that's uh, our first um, double dip in terms of a media property, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is uh, Bethesda's beautiful, beautiful uh, recognition of how they might have mishandled things. Uh, okay. It, it is indeed called The Interloper. <laughs> Huh. Well, that's an interesting. Um, all right. The the interloper. Well, that doesn't sound. Yep. That sounds ominous. I have to say that off the top of the dome, I would not be able to tell you anything about the interloper. It is. Is it singular? Is it singular? Like there is one guy named Dave the interloper or are there as a whole race of interlopers? What is the interloper? Oh, nobody knows because it interlopes and it <laughs> makes a guest appearance and it's just weird and big and squid and Lovecraft. Okay. It's just some kind of uh, weird, uh, <laughs> uninteractable, I guess, character. Okay. That um, you can shoot it, blood comes out of it, but it doesn't die, doesn't have hit points, it doesn't have... Um, any type of uh, acknowledgement on the heads-up display, like if you play video games, right. you know what a heads-up display so, is. It tells you. Yeah, so those for those of us who are um, not as gamey, so to speak, um, yeah. looking at this, basically what you're telling me is it's although it is a sprite, meaning a moving character, it is it is yeah. not a full rendered baddie that is independent and can run around in the world and fight you. Right. No, it doesn't. Right. It fight. doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Like it, it has. It, ha, it it takes up physical space, but it almost in a way, it's more like a piece of yeah. architecture that like is interactable. Yeah, there is there is collision effects for it. If you run into it, it'll stop you. Huh. Um, what are what are the total like that, and this is in this is in Fallout seventy six I'm seeing seventy six and thusly yeah. it is in um, the region of Appalachia. The Mothman is a creature more like us than the unknowable horrors in the peripheral vision 
of our subconscious minds. So this thing is kind of gonzo looking. What, um, how do you, uh, what are, what are the circumstances by which if you're, if you're not a faller outer, if you're not a fallout boy, how, yeah. how, do, what is the walk up to this thing in the game? What, what is, you know, cause this thing looks f- massive and freaky and spooky. So I'm just assuming that yeah. there must be a series of like foreplay steps that gently forebode you finding this weird fucking thing. What, how do you, what happens before you get there? 11.55, almost midnight. Enough time for one more story. Anyway, you find a bunch of hollow tape. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Jeff Lane, I think is it's yeah, yeah, Jeff Lane is a member of the cult of the Mothman. Yes, and um, there's there's an actual uh, site that exists uh-huh. for like the cult of the Mothman, uh, but there's like an old like a uh, obelisk type looking thing that's in West Virginia tells you about this interloper something Lovecraftian coming into our dimension blah 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 you know the entire thing what the hell's going on I mean what the hell is going on I, I mean I know it but it is crucial to say that I we almost certainly are uh, aspiring to have some listeners that do not know it but um so but the so so that so really the so you're confirming that specifically the interloper is meant to loop in elements of the Lovecraftian mythos. Uh, yes. And I'm looking at this thing. It is a it looks to be like a massive, like maybe if it were to stand up at least 50 to 100 feet tall, bizarre yeah. mix between like like a tree and a squid. <laughs> it's a, and it, yeah, um, it, it's, it looks like it's underground. So you're not, you're not getting a very good look at it. You know, this is not, yeah. this is not a Goomba from, uh, from Mario three. It's just like, Brothers, yeah. but the, yeah, but the, the, yes, um, it is a large tree. Like, uh, it, it, it does look like it, uh, might be a tree or a squid or a uh, yeah. There's kind of a, it's kind of difficult to disambiguate branches. between whether these are massive tentacles or whether they are roots to some much more tree-like yeah. appendage, and that's and yeah. they're using that to their advantage. It's it's very. Oh, they did it well. Yeah, yeah. in keeping with the Cthulhu mythos, it is very ambiguous as to what the fuck is going on here. What the hell's going on? I mean, what the hell is going on? Yeah. It's, it's got a very bark-like texture in its rendering. Um, does is there some areas here that maybe look like that are eyes that are closed? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and so again to to close out that thought, the Cthulhu mythos created by um, uh, uh, hilarious racist horror writer H.P. Lovecraft. You don't have to be sorry. It wasn't your fault. The point is, though, you know, put all of your uh, complicated issues with H.P. Lovecraft in a drawer. He did. Con- he did create a very fascinating 
and terrifying mythology that is uh, famous now and turned into plush toys about uh, Cthulhu, yeah. Yogg-Sothoth, <laughs> and their weird, cyclopean, unknowable, ancient uh, monster buddies who are uh, older than time that are secretly going yeah. to um, wake up later on. Uh, and um, destroy humanity and and rain down a perpetual nightmare. Yada 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 yada. Um, but for no reason. What? Yeah. What? Well, who knows? I mean, it certainly it 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 implies a. Well, they they want you to know why, but that uh, realization of their reality will drive you fucking mad. Yeah, there's a because yeah. we are not on their aspect of whatever reality they are from. Yeah, yeah, ultimately there is a the implication is really that you cannot understand the nature of reality that um, either God or the universe is too dangerous and profound in size and and nature and strangeness that if you begin to try to understand it, it will it is bigger than your consciousness and it will pop your little simian brain. So it, yeah, it's it's like Pinhead, who Pinhead will explain to you. Oh. Yeah, well, Pinhead is Pinhead, Pinhead in a way. Pinhead in a way is part lovers. of a very. Sim- simple binary goodies baddies understanding of reality that is like we're yeah. we're we're some baddies um, and we're gonna pull you we're gonna red rover you over into our area and then stick you with stick you with needles <laughs> and you're not gonna and show you what fine legacy some pain can yeah introduce. and you're not oh gonna you're not God. gonna like it. it in a way the interloper is um, is ironically or rather the Cthulhu. And all this stuff is more. Well, I, I kind of got from Pithead that uh, the the fear was you might like it. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that's yeah. There's that too. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. There's anyway, but the interloper doesn't have any explanation. It doesn't have any um, context to like an English language that would say like angels to some, demons to others. Yeah. It it just appears and destroys by its very fucking existence like okay so when you interact with it in the game you just kind of find it and it's just strange or yeah it's just sitting there okay and it bleeds if you shoot it huh but it's kind of like bethesda said hey um fallout 76 you guys are bitching about it so much here's the interloper I see. Can I can I safely extrapolate from that then that the interloper was added in a patch or an update? Um, like it wasn't there originally. Oh, that's confusing too. Yeah, um, it it, it that- was in a patch. Uh, but but nobody really. It, it came out of nowhere. Okay. Because uh, the West Virginia landscape in that game is huge. Right. And so eventually, somebody found it and said. Hey, look at this Lovecraft fucking beast. And right. and I thought, oh, in a mine in West Virginia, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So to to find this thing, if it were if it was introduced after the initial launch. Oh, you have to go out of your way to find it. So it's it. it's not it's, it's not you inevitably pass it as part of one of the main like no, threads of no, the story. No, you have to follow clues like uh Bethesda used to work. Like uh, I see real old school gaming. Like so, somebody that was really g- grinding out all of the secret 
scouting out all of the little secret areas, finally came upon this yeah. weird fucking thing, and then immediately went to Reddit and be yeah. like, look at this, look at this damn thing. Look at this fucking interloper, yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Before I go deeper, for the truth revealed changes all. By its very nature, let it be known, in this world, the interloper has chosen Jeff Lane as the conduit of the unknowable. Together, the hidden reality becomes manifest at long last. But it's uh, certainly true that Bethesda has shaped the direction of Fallout towards, like, cosmic horror and HP Lovecraft-related things. Like, they've been doing that ever since 3. Um, and a lot of people think that that's Bethesda's thing because there's... Um, a large presence of these Art Deco mm -hmm. statues where a lot of them are just, mm -hmm. like, faces on the sides of buildings. A lot of them are uh, full-body statues, but it's all, it's all like, uh, Fritz Lang kind of built the whole thing <laughs> and George yeah. Miller knocked it over. People say that um, Bethesda is just mm -hmm. reusing assets and things like that, but I think that there's a big, like, Ivo, Ivo Shandor kind of conspiracy thing where people in power and a lot of powerful architects were all kind of in either similar cults or the same okay. cult and are trying to bring the end of the world through like cosmic okay. horror memes. And, um, and that's, and I say that Beth Bethesda didn't really do that because Fallout 1 has a lot of these statues in it. If okay, you look and that was pre. But that was pre. But Bethesda. That was, that was uh, the when, original. They were the original. Yeah, that was back when Black Isle made it. I'm 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 intimate enough uh, uh, with it to know that it was really the reason that it's kind of in in um, sandbox exile is because it was really derided as a a reskinning of the previous game. And it was really half-assed, yeah. and they kind of, like, rehashed existing material that they have and rushed it out too fast and yada, 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 crunch game, corporate, blah, 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 blah shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. You know what? I disagree to that because the map is amazing. Like, the, the one thing that impressed me beyond all else, uh, uh, pretty much for that whole year for any video game was the way that they mapped out West Virginia was almost perfect. Like, of course they forgot to fill it with things, but but the <laughs> the entire landscape is is new. And even though the assets are directly copy pasted from Fallout Four, I wouldn't see a problem with that if it huh, worked okay. better. But <laughs> so you're you're but, um, you find it to be just yeah, The they, problem is that it's just buggy. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's that it's a multiplayer based game when Fallout is supposed to be uh, a dark hero adventure and not like you know getting the best gear to compete I with see. other living okay. people yeah yeah <laughs> but that aside and back to the interloper um it does seem to be kind of like uh, a triple triple fourth wall super joke that's like the here's what's coming like uh, a buggy monster mess, and uh, whether you like it or not, which I don't mind because. But I think that all of the breadcrumbs that Bethesda has been leaving to depart from the World of Tomorrow, Cold War sci-fi picture that um, was in 
the first two games, the third game, and kind of into New Vegas. New Vegas went way more yeah. into like the early 60s, which was okay with me. And um, they're trying to separate themselves from that and into like a more monster, creature-based type of uh, combat hmm, high okay. fantasy. And I wouldn't have a problem with that. If they, if they pull it off and start to make it work, then I think that would be a great direction to go into. Because, um, yeah, I was saying this. The, um, the way that I got into Fallout, like super duper, is, is <laughs> a long and fun story. So it was 2002, and all the games that came out in 2002 was like, Vice City and Morrowind and Star Wars Bounty Hunter and uh, all these open world games before open world mm -hmm. was even a, a term. You could run around and simulate pretty right. much anything you wanted to do. And with imagination, I could take Vice City and just have a great machine gun right. time with my own helicopter. And um, that was like mind blowing. That was that was all I ever wanted. And um, I didn't really play Fallout, so I already had this, like, nostalgic feeling for Fallout, which is this game that came out a long time ago, because 1998 to 2002 had so many events in it that it really changed everybody. Fair, in the country. yeah, okay. <laughs> so, like, by the time I revisited a game from 1998, I already had mm -hmm. this, like, nostalgia feeling. And then the first part of the first Fallout is the intro, which is a television... Uh, advertising modern space age home comforts and the camera pans out and you see that it's all this destroyed architecture that looks like um, the art deco thing that I described with all of these statues and everything like like Fritz Lang set it up and then George Miller knocked it down that that entire description of like the television advertising uh, how amazing life is and everything panning out is like a an essay either written by like well William Gibson or or Rich Goldman mm -hmm. that impressed me and playing through the game I really wanted to know more about the world before the bombs which I think a lot of people did and Bethesda went ahead and did that with Fallout 3 and gave a lot more clues and since it was in mm -hmm. a 3D environment had the opportunity to like flesh out the world more than Fallout 1 because it wasn't just like a, a bird's eye view of a wasteland that has nothing in it. You know, you have to run through in a 3D environment with a 3D character and go through rooms and buildings and streets and interact with all of this stuff. And um, a lot of it has this HP uh, Lovecraft tone to it. Like, People before the war were doing a lot of weird cult things, and there's clues about it everywhere. And the further that, the further you get into the Fallout games, the more so this is prevalent. Like by Fallout Four, every corner that you turn has some type of clue towards supernatural monsters that um, people knew about before the war. And um, I think it's breadcrumbs, like of Bethesda telling us which direction the game is going to be going in, which is kind of like, like I said, a departure from fifties, cold war paranoia and into monster. Yeah. Land. I mean, it, I, I, I'm digging into it and I, and, uh, I don't know how to describe this as, I don't, I wouldn't say this is ironic, but I'll, I'll put it this way is I have a lot of fallout knowledge 
having basically never played Fallout. But the the, the point the point is I, I've I've I have like maybe four or five hours of actually yeah. playing Fallout. But thanks thanks to nerdy podcasts, yeah. I probably have uh, forty hours of listening to people who actually give a shit uh, rail about um, Fallout, like the the besties and, <laughs> and other podcasts. And so, yeah, I have a top down knowledge about the overall issues and and reasons that people are so engaged with it, and. So and I'm and yeah. I, I'm looking at material now that connects it in and um, references to uh, the Dunwich horror. Uh, well, you know, in in four there's the Dunwich yeah. Boars, which is obviously um, not not a <laughs> subtle allusion to the Dunwich horror, and that they have they have placed yeah. uh, underground gi- colossal monsters as like architectural elements in the game before and that I'm looking at yeah. these photos about what the what the interloper how the interloper appears when you interact with it and it it certainly it, it certainly does yeah. um comport itself as a way to imply that it is a massive colossal like pre-civilization monster or god thing yeah um and and you know (laughs) whether that's a motif or a plan who knows you know sometimes sometimes you have a motif and it turns into like you you know you retro you retroactively go in and be like oh yeah we had a plan the whole time you know when i have when i had when i had the idea for i'm gonna make a game and call it outfall there's and eventually it's and and and, yeah. and twenty one <laughs> years later it's gonna be a Cthulhu like you know who knows if there's that much intentionality but there it, it's definitely a motif that is um, tickling Lovecraft's balls and it's been doing it for a while. But one aspect of all this uh, Eldridge uh, kind of spookiness that they put in this game, uh, which I which I really like is the freedom of what an open world game is because you can, you can go through these adventures and read everything that you pick up and play it as slow and as spooky as possible. Guys don't bother me anymore. That's good. I think it's, what was that? Can't they read the signs? I think it's time I go back inside the quarry. Been too long. No, I can't. The guys would never let me in. It's it's like you get lost on an investigation and scare yourself with actually investigating on whether or not this means anything and your own sanity uh-huh. and everything like that. Or you could just pack up a machine gun and mow everything down and kind of like. Read the read the titles to every note and go. Oh, right. it's Cthulhu! <laughs> I can't. The guys would never let me in. I could kill them all. No. No, that would that wouldn't be what it would want. It's time to lay down. Yes, of course. It's next to my bed. I will. It's loaded. Like, you can do either one of those things, and both of them are fun. Like, both methods are fun, but both options are also available, which is something that I like. I like 
um, being able to switch your play style right. and these types of things. Like, well, uh, yeah, I especially I, I think <laughs> I, I mean I I don't think we're in, inventing this commentary about this concept, but the the sandbox. It's a sense that you're really inhabiting a new place as opposed to sitting down on a ride. You know what I mean? At, at, like you're you're not yeah. it's not like yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean the ride and you know this thing happens and then the 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 pirate ghost spooks you and then you go on to the next thing and then you know you push the button and then the yeah. you know the robot guy cackles and it goes on to the next thing it's the the self-pacing and the self-direction really open up a, a, a feeling of control and higher stakes and interactivity that um is is really hard to um replicate in other ways and it's it's also hard to overestimate like one of the one of the great things about yeah. even what like what you referenced before vice city which is like fairly non-complicated in terms of the actual ways that you can interact like influence the plot by <laughs> by um playing in the yeah. sandbox like the plot basically doesn't change that much by playing in the vice city sandbox but you can, but you can play around yeah, a lot, like <laughs> and no, nobody's stopping you. Yeah, you know, and until until the SWAT team comes with the helicopters yeah. and the SUVs, like you can pretty much dick around infinitely, and that that can be the game. You basically never have to do the fucking missions if you don't want. All I do now is dick around. All I do now is dick around, dick around. And even that level level of yeah. um. Like independence is uh, is is revolutionary in it. it Vi- Vice City was so fun because it was a place and it felt like a vacation with guns. Yeah, these violent delights have violent ends. Exactly. So I I get that. I get yeah. Being open as opposed to being a ride is it's still something that a lot of our brains are getting used to. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe eighth graders are over it by now, and they're. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the oh, next. Yeah. Le- everybody. Everybody younger. I don't know. Than I don't know like what the next level of interactivity <laughs> is going to be. Data jacks. Even if it is data jacks, like what are you accessing? Because that's just a. It's just an efficient data jack is really just an efficiency um, system. You know, it's like having a router as opposed yeah. to a modem. Wait a second. <laughs> and like. If you want to draw together the conclusions of like twelve years of weird clues about cultish eldridge monsters uh, coming to end the world, rather than mankind's own hubris uh-huh. with nuclear weapons, um, it's completely up to you. And I really think that uh, if they do go the direction of like Monsterland, that they should continue to leave things open and you know yeah. leave it a mystery. And um, and a, the the perfect like scapegoat plot device for that would be well we were going to figure it out but the yeah. apocalypse happened yeah right yeah. sure <laughs> well <clears throat> i i had this thought earlier and it is a it is a complex and dangerous thought uh, but but let me try to let me try to roll it out here in in a co- in a coherent way let me explain no there is too much let me sum up. If your if your train is a kind of an Ayn Randian train about uh, man's like <laughs> essential freedom to succeed or not succeed without the 
uh, restraints of socialism and like outward assistance. The, if if that is yeah. like an essential core premise that is proposed in the games, regardless of whether the author of the games believe in it or whether it's just a a layer of narrative, if that runs yeah. into H.P. Lovecraft's reality, they they do no, they do not yeah. play together um, because because. No, HP Lovecraft's reality is fundamentally a determinist reality that is powerful than your personal agency. Inconceivable. Like the Cthulhu yes. symbolically <laughs> is uh, and all of the old gods are symbolically, you know, they're an allegory that can re- that can stand in for a few things. It could be it could be racism, yeah. it could be um <laughs> uh, it could be like the old, the ancient, the ancient power of primordial gods. It could be like uh, tr- tribalism. Yeah, ooh, versus yeah, tribalism versus civilization. It could be Mother Nature itself. Um, the 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 in- yeah. infinitely small uh, size of man in con- in con- in relationship to reality itself. But all of those. Um, yeah. End at the same point, which is that you are insignificant and events vastly beyond your control are going to completely derail any massive grand plan that you have. Uh, That that is what Cthulhu and his weird tentacle buddies are ultimately uh, coming to. Is like, you could be a a smart white college graduate who's investigating science, but 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 racism and a monster yeah. with a with a slimy tongue is going to crawl out of a non non Euclidean corner and suck you into a hell dimension. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it it is really antithetical to Ayn Randian senses of libertarian uh, freedom. They, they can they purely <laughs> cannot coexist, and. Therefore, ultimately, if those forces ever, like, played out against each other in a Fallout game or what have you, they'd be really making a real damn choice about reality. It's like, we, the, either they would be saying, um, personal freedom can destroy the Elder Gods and the darkest nature of reality, or... All effort is worthless. It's this. It's there's pretty much your only options. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. How marvelous! I think that would be pretty damn cool to see. The only problem is, is like um, video games recently have screwed up giant concepts like this. Oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't let me imply that I think that they either have the intelligent for intelligence, yeah. foresight, or follow through to make any of that happen. I did not mean to imply that. I was just, I was just, I was just describing yeah. two two sets of train tracks that this game this game series have laid out ahead of them, and they and they crash. I, I swear to crap, dude. I swear to crap, if you give me a team of, like, uh, programmers and developers and writers, like, game people, 
and that concept, I could make it work. I swear I could. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah, you probably could, but what a, what a true nightmare to have to decide what what wins and how. I mean, M- multiple I don't, it, endings, it, like, but multiple endings. <laughs> do, do, but, do, but, but do I? <laughs> you'd have to you could you'd have to make like a choose your own adventure um, series where depending on what your character chose in this game <laughs> would pr- preclude you from buying it would decide which versions of the game you got in the future you were either you were you would you would either you would either come out in the yeah. in the post cthulhu stephen king mist night nightmare verse or or you would come out in the the great lib- libertarian utopia <laughs> Um, of 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 like I don't know like Aldous Huxley child orgasms. There, there would yeah. be nothing. There would be nothing yeah. in between. Maybe. What was that? In in gaming, the job of being a writer is is it's like it's in adjacent yeah, I to I know janitor. It's really it's really night. It's yeah, really they miserable. don't let you do anything. Um, it's it's seen as truly it's I know. seen I've as truly adjacent like, to in, the point. Entire. Uh, like six year gaming career of writing something being thrown away for a bottom line decision is like, like happens every oh, day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is the, the proportionality of, um, yeah. you know, double A and triple A games is such that, you know, you just basically might write like top secret files for you know a Call of Duty yeah. ripoff game for a year and a half, and then that whole section of the game yeah. is tossed because they have crunch, and it yeah. it won't even be included yeah, in an like expansion. The, the top secret file achievement is in the way of of uh, steel ore grinding. Yes, I guess it would be yes. iron ore since you can't mine. So uh, it's a no real <laughs> dumbass. He is so dumb. He thought that the Gettysburg Address was where Lincoln lived. Now that I'm actually looking at pictures of this fucking terrifying, like, um, it's like an yeah. ant versus a colossal squid is what this thing looks yeah. like, actually in the gameplay stills. And and the fact, um, I, I want to, I, I need to read this one line that is like, it's like metadata in that is under the flavor text of the interloper on the fallout fandom wiki. It, yeah. it is just a, it's just a sentence. Um, but I like the sentence. It just says the interloper comma gut puker or firstborn of the wood is a creature found in Appalachia. And I, but because all of those is like it, within the context yeah. of this game are all like factual things. Um, but when you combine it with the information, the idea, because the implication here is that the interloper is actually Cthulhu or like a Cthulhu yeah. uh, stand-in monster, you know, because it is, it, it implies yeah. that it is the dreamer that will awaken and that, and that's, and that it's visual access and that you cannot interact with it and it's colossally large, but also appears to yeah. be growing you know, and and is breathing and is alive, uh, and that it is under the Appalachian Mountains in West Virginia, I think, is completely appropriate and profound. Yeah. And I had no idea that that was the case, and I, I had no idea that um, 
that they'd snuck Cthulhu, Cthulhu under the Appalachians and that it just will... The first thing that will happen, it, was, it will swallow a bunch of Yunzers and P- Permani brothers as soon as it yeah, wakes up. It craves pepperoni rolls. Hello, what have we got here? Hello, what's this? I mean, it completely makes sense as the oldest formation of... Um, you know, if you if you if you had to look at the United States as a bed, and they're like, where is the pile? Yeah. Where are the comforters piled up? Yeah. I'm like, wow, the yeah. Appalachian Mountains. So if you had a if you had a colossal uh, beyond ancient pre god thing like uh, slumbering under uh, the United States, obviously it would yeah. be <laughs> under Beaver County. Oh. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Hi there. My name is Douglas Rassensberger, and I'm a CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack, and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded navel sword, that's what. Here at Douglas's Colors, we've got every possible colors for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a colors for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a colors for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a colors for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle quality 27 inch half guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffensperger of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. I do like that uh, West Virginia was chosen for the, for the Fallout game that they maybe wanted to bring over all of the horror things because it is full of cryptids. And if you live here, you do know it's, it's as spooky as you want it to be. Because... You could go outside. You could go outside and scare the crap out of yourself if you wanted to. You know, with the uh, the massive sp- spot, uh, like unavoidable spotlight of the internet and um, the panopticon of uh, multimedia, roaming all over the country at all times and creating this yeah. like permanent daylight of knowledge. That, you know, the South and Appalachia and uh, only a couple of little dots out in the rest of the country still feel, like, not accessed and not, like, just already purchased by, um, purchased by Hot Topic and turned, and turned yeah. into an ironic skinny necktie. And, well, and, you know, so, I, and I've, I have said this a bunch of times and I will keep saying it, 
is you know they they came they came for the uh, they came for the trees and then they came for the coal and they're here for the the uh, oil and the natural gas and then will come the water and yep. then will come the authenticity and I'm not positive whether they're going to come for the authenticity <laughs> before yeah. they come for the water like in uh, Fallout Fallout seventy six is an indicator that they're going to yeah. run out of authenticity before they <laughs> run out of water. But I'm so I'm kind of putting my chips in that order is after the country the country is yeah. drastically running out of authenticity and they're already kind of mining um, you know these weird places like I th- I think that uh, Castle Rock the the distillation show of all of Stephen King's many tentacled ideas wrapping up into one uh, uber uber concept is a, is a, a it reflects a fact that like you know far off Maine and Stephen King's brain are places <laughs> that are hard to access and still uh, ha- contain yeah. a little dose of authenticity in them. Um, and similarly, it's why you know big video game companies are digging around here in the mountains where previously yeah. nobody culturally really yeah. ever gave a fuck. I think it's going to keep that. I think that pattern's going to happen a few times. If it is going this direction, it seems like uh, it would piss off a lot of people if they're going to change something because people fear change. Like as Garth said from Wayne's World, psycho hose beast. I don't know whether it's good or bad that Fallout seventy six landed with such a like uh, like I know a well, slow it might be sound. good because it, the map's still there in a, in about like thirteen years if we could just have the map then modders will make one hell of a West Virginia game with it like <laughs> yeah and yeah and that's that's kind of where my yeah. Thinking about it lives, and I'm I'm speaking from a place of ignorance that where all of my knowledge comes from you yeah. and our other friends that have actually <laughs> played right. it. Uh, that I, I I'm glad it exists, but it probably it, it's probably more important that it exist uh, in an ongoing way than as yeah. what it's actually well, yeah. Done be, well, corporations and games don't like uh, exist because they're good ideas. They exist because they make shitloads of money. You know, it's. <laughs> Well, and also here in West Virginia, uh, having a massive corporation come in with a good idea, scoop up what they want to get out of us, and then drop us, and then we have we have to dig through the the refuse yeah. pile of what they left behind to turn it into something that's actually valuable. Is that loop? Yeah. We're very used to that loop. Like that's not a that's not, not a all. new thing that's happened <laughs> we around see here. That, that, a is, lot. Uh, <laughs> that is a that is a that is a turn that is a tur- that is a left turn that we are yeah. familiar with. Um, you know, it's turned, it's turned into, I mean, yeah, it's like, we're so used to it. It's not, it's not a, it's not a left turn. It's a, it's now like, it's not like a a windmill or a watermill where we've, we've turned, we've turned, we've turned that process into something that generates its own energy that we can use to, to, to power our Android phones. As Appalachians, we just have to get really fucking better at actually (laughs) exploiting that energy because it's so consistent. Well, well. Um, any any decision like that that changes a game or anything like that, or even like what you were saying, anything that comes in and like uses uh, local authenticity and culture as a resource and everything like that, could be the very definition of the interloper. Aha! Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. 
Aha! Wow, I didn't see that. I did. I didn't see it. I didn't see that walk <laughs> coming and landing. You actually got me. Um, because yeah, I had internalized the name of the yep. creature at the beginning of the conversation. It's very. It's very interesting that they. It is very interesting that they yeah. call it the interloper yeah. because that that. How do I want to? How do I want to um, encapsulate? The connotation that they've created there. Yeah. First of all, it's a capital I, capital T, the interloper. And also, basically what that implies, and that's interesting, is that it's not indigenous. That is what is an, an interloper is. It's, yeah. it's visiting from beyond. So, which is not exactly the flavor... That you get from Cthulhu. Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's yeah, con, it's but it's, it's similar, like, but a, a lot of a lot of things for a lot of things from the from yeah, Eldridge, the Cthulhu like mythos are first. like it was Eldridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 got kind of like you take the the Cherokee were on this land yeah. first times a hundred billion, um, and. <laughs> and and that's very interesting to call it the interloper. Like I, I almost don't want to give whoever had to name it too much credit, but also I do want to give them credit because, like I referenced, yeah. video game writers, you know, they live, they live, they live in they're the real the real gutter yeah. trash of, of the gaming community. Hashtag kidding. Hashtag sorry, gutter not sorry. Punk. But like I, I feel I yeah. feel your pain, gaming writers. So it, when you name something in a compelling and interesting way, I don't want to just like throw that in the bucket. I think I think yeah. calling it the interloper is interesting because um, it implies that there is another world. It implies that maybe the way that they actually think about the Cthulhu mythos stuff that they've been Easter egging in or teasing in for all this time is that there will be a a conflict with characters that are coming in and they represent a colonial yeah. kind of problem, um, as opposed to a more traditional Cthulhu version where they were genuinely here first and we're kind of like uh, yeah. carpet bagging <laughs> on their reality. Um, so uh, I don't know. It, yeah. Maybe that really does imply something. It, the name, you know, most people like one of my favorite quotes from from one of my one of my favorite movies is. Nobody cares what anything's about. Is that right? In, you know, the people that are actually paying attention yes, we do, do care what stuff's about. And sometimes you name things exactly. Sometimes you can name things exactly what they what they they mean exactly. because you know nobody's yeah. going to fucking pay any attention. <laughs> you heard what he said. Make it yours. As long as it sounds good, nobody's going to care what it's about. Is that so? So maybe calling it the interloper really does indicate what they're thinking yeah. about the whole business is. So, you know, perhaps it's a an interdimensional cosmic force that um, will become the 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 evil cult of game seven or nine yeah, or whatever the, whatever the fuck comes next. I don't know. I should know because I've played every one of them, but I don't do do you count the mobile game? <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Is there are there any like um, mechanical ways that need me to think uh, about it. I don't know, think so. I think ways. it's like, one of those things yeah. where um, if you give it stats, you can kill it. Like the old RPG law that says if you give it statistics, then you can kill it. And like, it feels like Bethesda did what they meant to do, which is to make it. It's basically yeah. a visualized piece yeah. of plot. 
right? Like it's 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 almost as if there was a hole. It, it, it is the underground version of a hole in the sky yeah. that is bleeding souls or something. Like you're, it, yeah. it's not meant to be a creature. It's meant to be. It's meant to be yeah. a force of reality um, that sta- that is in a creature shape. So you know, it's kind of the way that I'm annoyed by the yeah. existence of the Tarrasque in the yeah. in the D and D verse. Like I'm not I'm not annoyed by the existence of it, but I kind of want the Tarrasque to yeah. be behind a fog of war. Like I don't like I don't want you to be able to kill the Tarrasque. Like if it bleeds, we can kill it. You know, Mike like my party killed the Tarrasque last session. I'm like, yeah, but isn't that doesn't that totally make you <laughs> hate yourself and everything about every yeah. every choice you've ever made in your life? Because and but but what I mean is like you just killed all of the mystery and joy yeah. and reality of this world, like, like the Tarrasque is it it is for for those of us who are not uh, crunchy on D anD D it is it is a, the legendary creature of which there is only one that is the the end all be all of all like nightmare things it's a it's a colossally scary and large and powerful being that's yeah. ogre-like and terrifying and and meanders across the realities. And yeah. but it is statted it out. Has a stat block. It has a stat block <laughs> that from the old games. Yeah. So you can kill it. And you know, and the way that D&D works is you don't start out as an ant and end up as like a really cool ant. You start out as an ant yeah. and end up as like a Doberman pincher. So like your party your party of Doberman pinchers can kill like uh, you know, a a, a, SWAT, yeah. a you know a guy on the SWAT team, and then the, 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 so like you start out as ants and end up as Doberman pinchers, and, and the Trask is basically like a something else that should be very <laughs> difficult to kill, yeah. but because the proportionality of D and D is 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 bizarre and unrealistic, then it, it it makes it plausible, and also you very kind of quickly once you get thirteenth, fifteenth, eighteenth level. You start to become godlike, and it's just not. It's a. It, it, so you're yeah. looking for these massive challenges. So your D and D might your D, your DM might throw the Tarask at you, and for me, I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to ever fight the Tarask. Like it, it, it feels like it feels like one of those twelve year old games yeah. of King of the Hill about of of really saying like, well, like we could Darth Vader kill Superman. Yeah, if you're in middle school and you're a DM and you want to like have your your fifteen level fifteen yeah. characters kill the Trask, you know, go for it. Yeah. Get it, get it out of your, get it out of your system. It's fine. But I but ultimately, I think that you want to live in a gaming space, whether it's whether it's yeah. Fallout or D and D, where there is a sense of surprise yeah. and dread and profundity. That is beyond something you yeah. can just kill with an axe or a magic missile, and um, and because of that, I want certain things to be behind the fog of war. I want the I want the Tarask to be unkillable. I want um, certain planes of reality <laughs> yeah. to be unnavigable. I want there to be things that are beyond the human scope and metahuman scope, and. I don't know. I think that also indicates my orientation toward a previous idea, which is 
I don't believe, I don't think that the, like, salt lightning, uh, like, control over your reality that the Fallout characters who are all Ayn Randian self-possessed human god people want to think. I don't think that's true. I think I think H.P. Lovecraft, in addition to being a racist dickbag, was correct. That yeah. reality is colossal and terrifying. And and if you wanna if you wanna take your sword and and run toward that windmill and say, I'm gonna get it, it's gonna laugh at you and and cripple you with cancer <laughs> yeah. or ennui or children. <laughs> reality is real reality is too strong <laughs> and and encapsulating that in either cthulhu's cthulhu uh, or you know the sleeper that that will awaken or the nothing father father the sleeper has awakened or the the memory of trauma itself, which is a lot of like Stephen King things. Oh yeah, absolutely. If it, yeah. Or or Pennywise, or to to encapsulate it in something that is beyond measurable uh, control that you can't just say like, well, we figured out that Pennywise is a, you know, is a is a two thousand hit point like yeah, dark which... fae creature, <laughs> you know, like. No, I don't want to know what... I don't want to actually know what Pennywise is. I want him to be a, yeah, a an untouchable was, nightmare um, on just some level. Molesting trauma. <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to have to put... We, we can't go too far on this because eventually we'll have to have a Pennywise <laughs> episode. And it will it, 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 it'll, it will require an incredible Pennywise deal. Pennywise has incredible interloped amount of reading. on our <laughs> But some people will... Some people... <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, uh, it's, I mean, some people will tell you that Pennywise is is racism, and I think that's too clean uh, of a of a. I think it. I think maybe he's. I think I maybe well, he's colonialism, or that, or that, or I. I mean, I. I don't think Stephen King is sitting down and going like, Ah, I've got a great allegory <laughs> for the <laughs> British clown. Empire. I don't think the thing is. I don't think that. I don't yeah. think because <laughs> you know that's how he sounds. A library. <laughs> <laughs> I love typewriters. Oh, I'm Stephen King. My beautiful glasses. You oh, know, yeah. I've got a degenerative eye disease. Uh, but I um, have the same. Mr. You shouldn't make fun of his glasses. glasses. He's got a real so, serious disability. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. But the point being is, I don't think he's sitting down and creating a clean allegory in most cases. I think, I think he's, I think he's. Yeah. Um, a little bit more advanced than that. Uh, but the, the point being is, I think. Pennywise is in a similar category of he is yeah. he's slippery and complicated. It's not just he's not just um, the original yeah. sin of yeah. American enslavement or or any one yeah. thing. I don't think he's one thing. I think he's a he's I think he's a pile of sins that has a, a profound allegorical um, uh, direction. <laughs> And now for a segment we are calling Describing Benicio, where we describe a particular photo of actor, Heineken enthusiast, and your legal counsel, Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> so, uh, Gavin, tell me, I we grabbed this, we jumped onto this photo, what, okay. what are you seeing? Well, what are we looking at? He, it looks like he's happy with something that he just got, like, like his tie. 
Uh, yeah. So uh, I should lay it out. This is like a yeah. it's like a cheat. It's like a double photo where uh, uh, and this is from the Daily Mail, but that's the all I'm that's I only says that on like the on the, the URL. Oh, I, I don't want to yeah. click on the Daily Mail, <laughs> but it, it's it's like juxtaposing an old oldie timey SD photograph of like young pointy uh, oily yeah. Benicio on the right. Compared to his um, facial hair, he actually kind of looks, I have to say, like, he doesn't usually look this weird, but on the left side, he looks more like a video <laughs> game avatar of himself than like a real person. Yes. You see, are you feeling me? He's got kind of a, he's got kind of an un, un, uncanny yeah. valley thing yeah, going on with he his does, eyes he and his hair. looks like um, 2000. I'd say 2015 video game quality, um, like a revised 2008 game with 2015 graphics. And and his clothes have obviously been like added in the new edition. <laughs> yes, he looks he looks like he's operating a stand. <laughs> And that in order to get the next piece of the map that he owns, I'm going to have to yeah. go and kill a bunch of shitty little <laughs> yeah. monsters for the next, like, three hours. And I'll come back and yeah. be like, good job, buddy. Here you go. Like, he does it. It is it's very, very fake. Yeah. And it's it's not his fault. He's not a fake person. It's just a, the images. He looks, he looks rendered rather than birthed <laughs> by human women. But... <laughs> But on the on the on the like on the right, <laughs> but on the right side in the like inserted photo, um, first of all, the Daily Mail has cut it in as like a circle cut, which is interesting. It it, it like it's implying almost as if he's in the <clears throat> scope of like a 007 sniper rifle or something. I but I I don't want to know whatever this movie is. Uh, it, it, maybe yeah. it's like por- the Puerto Rican Outsiders. I'm not sure. But he has a characteristic little like flit of hair coming down on his forehead. He looks yeah. he looks great. I've never seen him this young. But it looks like there must be somebody on the set whose job it is just to yeah. run over and spritz him with some water <laughs> before every take. He's a he's there's the gl- the the glistening ratio is off the fucking charts. Uh, but he he looks he looks great. Um, and uh, may or may not be wearing a shirt below uh, yeah. his navel. I can't tell. But uh, yeah, young Benicio. He's a he's sharp a looking. He's a sharp, sharp looking, looking guy. Yeah, the article itself tells you that he's fifty one, and says that he looks sharp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, the last piece of information I can say is that it's related to the. This is maybe yes. part of the Sicario yeah. premiere. So what was that? Five years ago or or more. So, um, you know, he may or may not still be sharp. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're pro Benicio. Well, I'm not implying he's not sharp. Up. Yeah, this is three years ago. Um, he, might, he might have given He might have given up during COVID. Well, for all we know, well, he may have given up during COVID. Use give up as a look. He, they just they just started backing up. They just started backing up dump, <laughs> dump trucks full of that Heineken to his house. He uh, he makes uh, artisanal mac and cheese and stop motion animation in his in his in his garage. <laughs> we should only be so lucky to get 
to get the, those <laughs> artisanal mac and cheese re- recipes from Benicio. <laughs> I I keep I keep my eyes keep flicking back and forth between these two versions, and somebody it was somebody's job to get a get a get a new photo of Benicio and put it up against this other one, and on and on the left one he's looking camera left. Or, or, you know, he's looking off to the left on the right one. He's looking off to the right. It's almost as if somebody in the Daily Mail had <laughs> an actual thought about it. And it's symmetrical. You could really compare him A to B, A to B. Like, yeah. uh, like close the right eye, close the left eye. Camera, yeah. camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. Um, but I, you know, I can't, I want to, I want to be talking more shit. I can't do it. Like, even, even... Even this weird, uncanny valley, like and like NPC version uh, of him on the left is uh, yeah. is still like a pretty he's it's like a pretty chill guy. Anyone else with a comment? Now that we've gotten done with all of these monsters, let's uh, let's let's get into the time of the show when we briefly divert to matters of a lexicographic nature. Let us dive into villainous villainous vocabulary. vocabulary. Oh great! So, uh, Gavin, what are you what are you walking walking into the shop? Right I've now? got the word caracol. <laughs> I, I I don't know why I keep being surprised that you you're bringing in words that I actually don't know. <laughs> How do I spell caracol? Caracol is C A R A C O L. Sometimes with an E, sometimes without an E at the end. Um, from the Spanish okay. caracol, which means snail, is a turning maneuver on horseback in dressage, and previously in military tactics in dressage, riders execute a caracol as a single half turn, either to the left or right, representative of the mass cavalry tactic of caracol previously used in the military. <laughs> it's um, pretty okay. much what it is. Uh, is uh, Whenever any military unit on horseback has a missile weapon, uh, a bunch of them will ride up in a circle uh, to what they're going to be shooting at, shoot, and then uh, in the same circle ride back while uh, another formation is in, in the same circle is riding up to shoot, and while they're shooting, the people that just shot is, are reloading. So it goes whibbibibboop, whibbibibboop, in a circular motion. That all those noises made a lot more sense if you saw me whirling my arm around. <laughs> oh, yikes! Stripes, fruit stripes, gum. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. I mean, I um, uh, it, that visual that makes sense to me in my mind. I'm just kind of uh, stultified about how. Where the fuck you got that from? Where did I get this from? Is from uh, trying to figure out the best way to kill people on horseback. I don't know. It's um. <laughs> Actually, it came from me. Um, uh, you almost you almost got me to spit take it yeah. there, and I was was not I was not I was not yeah. ready. not quite, but almost. No, I I got this researching. Um, uh, cavalry tactics uh, for the Richburg game. 
like, like you, you do. do whenever you're, cr- yeah. you're trying to write and publish a role playing game. <laughs> yes, we should we should mention as it, it may come up in the future. Watchman being your uh, the the home the the the, the homebrew uh, space fantasy role playing game that you've been creating for a, a period of a period yes. of years. It's an on, ongoing it's an ongoing thing. thing. So, right. So don't don't let it don't let it be said that Gavin has not been researching the uh, <laughs> cavalry tactics necessary for um, describing uh, the, the the battle maneuvers of his role playing game. So there you go, Caracol. <laughs> at Oops All Monsters, we have a plethora of monsters in our apothecary ready to choose from, but we could do your favorite monster if you recommend it hard enough and give us an email at oopsallmonsters at gmail.com and describe your favorite monster for us so we don't have to <laughs> describe your genitals and then slowly. Describe all that. <laughs> So there you go. Do the show yourself. <laughs> uh, and if you would please give us a five star rating on iTunes, because apparently that is the most important thing in life, and the yes. weather in Cupertino, California. Those two things are what everybody needs to care about, and what kind of underwear Vladimir Putin is wearing. Uh, and check us out on Instagram, where we will have the accompanying videos to help you navigate the weird shit that we're always describing. Yep. Uh, so that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader, until we deliver another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. I have been Hess. And I've been Gavin. And this has been... Oops. All monsters. Oh, Oh. yeah. Oops, all monsters. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That'll do it. Okay, I'm gonna turn off my thingamajig. Dressage, I think, is the official... I think that I think if you're a person who is a fancy horse horse See, person, I don't, you I don't call know it dressage. Because it's because it's Frenchy oh, or it's Frenchy or or, or oh, Englishy. I see. I, it anyway. is dressage. Because look at that dressage. Look at that tuxedo, yes. um, uh, equestrian. But, yes, a tuxedo uh, but yeah, equestrian but, but there, would be wearing dressage. I said dressage. No, you know, I less that's, modern than I, have, I I don't I, I I don't do Twitter, but when I do, my handle is going to be tuxedo dressage. Tuxedo equestrian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my it's going to be a picture of the guy from Taco on a on a yeah. fucking like uh, like a Excalibur. Well, that's horse. the definition of dressage. Um, <laughs> Taco on a horse. Taco? <laughs> Where fashion sits up on top of a horse.
up on top of a horse. <laughs> Alrighty.